another uh, sport that we'll chat about in a non-Olympic year. You think it might be a little bit quiet for in the world of sailing, but the 2017, the Sailing World Cup uh, Series, is uh, up and running and about to get going. One who knows so much about it, the uh, well, the Sailor Girl, as we welcome her now, the Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and we chat with Nick Douglas. Nick, it is a busy uh, a year again, 2017 again for the sailors. Absolutely, Wayne. Thank you for having me. It's uh, even though it's the start of an Olympic quad, we do see things winding up quite early, and we can see the Olympic crews. But maybe they'll take it easy this year, starting to work out whether they actually want to have a go. But uh, that's why we see more people taking part because uh, we don't know who's actually going to make the cut. So yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's such and it's so broad that the different categories, each of those sports, of course, have um, each of the different categories have have their event at the Olympics. So broad. Exactly. There's 10 different classes taking part in the Olympic Games uh, that we have so far confirmed. Uh, and then our athletes that actually will be attending, we won't know until sometimes only three or six months before the Games itself because uh, it's quite a, a hefty selection process for our sailors. What do you, Nick, what, what <laughs> makes a good, sorry, uh, what makes a good sailor? A good sailor? Oh, mm. my gosh. Mm. Well, I, I think that's why it's such a cool sport because there's a, a very wide variety of people who can make good sailors, but I think... Number one, you have to love being on the water. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, uh, good. N- number two, I would say um, you- you've got to be quite analytical uh, because there's so many different variables, where the wind's coming from, what other boats are doing, the rules that are in play. So you've, you've, got, to be- you've got to be quite analytical but also determined because you have to practice to get good at being a sailor as such if you want to take it to an Olympic level. Then you can also enjoy it on so many different levels, you know, maybe a twilight sail or or you might want to push hard and, and try for the Olympics as as my myself has done. Uh, but but I never never made it. I can't even count myself amongst the calibre of our sailors <laughs> that have gone on to win medals. So it's pretty amazing. What 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 made you get involved in it, Nick? In sailing. Yes, uh, my sailing, dad's sorry. A, my dad's a keen sailor. Good. And I, I actually don't remember when I didn't sail, which is why I think I got the name Sailor Girl when I was quite young, especially once we moved to a country town and nobody had even really heard of sailing. So um, that, that was quickly my nickname. But I, uh, I think I'm, I got quite passionate about it when I was 15. I loved it before then, but that's when I knew I wanted to take it to another level and mm. as far as I could go. And, and now it's my career as well. I get to travel the world and go to so many different events. Uh, which, is, which is pretty special. Yeah, but w- w- when we talk, I mean, we, we look at the, uh, the the sailing World Cup series. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what the, the, I mean, one that would be a bit confronting would be getting that equipment to that particular patch of water where the event is. That the costs involved. Can, can they? You, you can't just pick up a boat once you get there, can you? You've got to take your own equipment with you, your own sails. Know that the rigging, the the, the ropes, all of that sort of thing. It, it, it's your baby, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The boat is your baby. And I think the only, uh, comparatively on the Australian scale of things and, and what co- costs the most, equestrian is the only other sport that's more expensive because you're shipping a live boat, so oh, to speak, okay, because you good. need your live horse. But, mm. but yes, with sailing, we ship our boats and our masts and our sails and our foils, which is the centreboard or the keel, yep. uh, around the world with us as well as our own personal equipment that we're wearing, our wetsuits, our life jackets, Goodness you know, all that me. sort of stuff. So it's quite he- it's quite <laughs> hectic. And the World Cup this year, the first round was in Miami yes. in January. The second 
is in Hiers, which is in France. I was hoping in- I was hoping you were going to say that. I didn't know how to pronounce that. I was real. Yeah, thank you, Nectar. Yeah. No worries. And the, and the third is in Santander, which will be the final. Uh, previously, the final of the World Cup uh, last year was in Melbourne, so Australian sailors didn't have to travel as far, but everybody else in the world had to come down under. So, unfortunately, this year there's no rounds in Australasia. In fact, there won't be... Uh, a round of the World Cup in the Southern Hemisphere leading into the next Olympics, mm. which has been quite controversial for those that are south of the equator. Yeah, south of the equator, of course. Yeah, very yeah. difficult. Um, just what what will um, what, how many events are involved in that uh, that World Cup final you mentioned in Santander? Sure. Um, well, every class will have their normal regatta, which is usually between ten to fourteen races, depending Goodness. on the class, mm. and then a medal race. So the top 10 boats then go through to a medal race, which is double points, and, um, and, and lay it on the line to see who will come out on top. And I, I think that the Sailing World Cup final in the year prior to the Olympics and each class's actual world championship will be what decides who will go and represent Australia at the Olympics if we decide to send someone, because we don't always qualify or have someone that uh, we think will medal and, and suspend as such. Yeah, as so, so it's basically <laughs> those who wish to go, you can basically read into it that that'll be the Olympic qualifying event for uh, for those that compete. Exactly, and that changes every year. And I'm not up to speed at the moment because I'm not even sure the documentation has come out yet which says <laughs> how you meant to qualify for Tokyo 2020. But also I'm not, I'm not trying myself this time. So I, 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 I did try for... Be past three, but didn't make it. So, didn't. Um, but, but that changes all the time. So, Nick, yeah. <laughs> which category do you compete in? In particular, specific one? I've done three different categories now. <laughs> <laughs> I tried for the Yingling, which was the keel boat up until Beijing in two thousand and eight. Then the women's keel boat changed to women's match racing, and I was a part of that twelve girl squad, and we trained. Uh, so there were three people on each boat. So we trained with four different teams, but we were changing all the time okay, leading into good. the Olympics. And then we chose the best three and mm. went on to win a silver. So um, that was pretty cool. Indeed. And then I went to the 470, which is the dinghy. <laughs> Completely changed it up. Goodness so, me. Yes, yes. Um, it's pretty hectic. Yes, so. indeed. But mentioning that, I mean, you know, it's a team, it's a type, that crew, those three people. But then you're changing mm. that. So you've got different characteristics of not necessarily the boat, but the person and, and their role, their specific role and what they have to undertake on the boat to make sure that it goes quicker than the others. How, how's that? Is that difficult to get you know your role specific and then make sure that you can deliver that on another boat with another group of people? It was incredibly challenging, but I have to say that entire program leading into London made me such a good sailor and appreciate the sport so much more because instead of being just a good driver or just a good bow person or just a good trimmer you've got good you you, uh accelerated your skills in all of those areas as well as learning the crew dynamic and learning how to work with different people so then we were able to take the best combination and um that we thought well our, our team australian sailing took the best combination that they thought would win a medal and uh and and went on to win silver with olivia price uh lucinda witty and nina curtis so that was Pretty amazing. Pretty cool, yeah, exactly yeah. right. I just, yeah, um, how do we, uh, we, Australia, sorry, I mean, yeah. we seem just to be, uh, are we playing above our weight? Our, our performance on the water um, is just being outstanding, you know, on the back of the America's Cup, I suppose, but it mm. just appears as though we do so darn well in, in that particular sport. Well, I think it's 
because we're such a water-loving country, myself, um, you know, we our, our climate is suited to sailing. We can sail all of the year without having to sweep snow off our boat. I've got so many friends in Newport, Rhode Island, who are incredibly <laughs> jealous that yes. we don't have snow. Um, so, you know, our, our climate does suit it as well. And we've also got quite a lot of heritage and a lot of keen young sailors, though I'd, I'd love there to be more, mm. uh, that, that are coming through and learning from a very experienced generation as well. We're, we're so lucky to have so many amazing mentors in our sport that are willing to give their time yes. or, or give their lives in terms mm. of jobs mm. to, to give back. So I think that's um, making our, our sailing community richer and, and you know, going forward onto great things. The America's Cup, if you look at all of the teams that are, are coming forward towards the America's Cup, Cup, and I'm lucky enough to be going and heading there in, um, in May and June this mm. year, I think nearly every team has an Australian on board, which shows you just how sought after Australians are at, at that level of sailing as well as the Olympics, because the mm. Olympics is just, um, you know, sailing has so many different facets. So, um, yeah, things are looking really good for sailing in um, in Australia, whether it be at the Olympics, whether it be the America's Cup, though we don't have an Australian team. We do have Australian sailors you can get behind there as well, which is awesome. Yeah, representing and flying the flag for us so well. Uh, yeah. Nick, are you comfortable with um, – oh, silly question, sorry. Uh, the the, the well, changes okay. that have that, that have occurred in America's Cup now, what we're seeing as far as, you know, those, those glorious vessels of, of yesteryear up against now, yeah. these just flying machines that we've got now that are going around. It's, a, it's amazing, the changes. You comfortable with the same? Oh, I, I have to say that the, the change – We've seen that through world, uh, through the World Match Racing Tour as well. Now they're all, all they've all taken on the multi-hull thing as well. I have to say I do miss seeing the classics and the monohulls and the history of match racing. Getting a bit technical now for those who are listening who might not be sailors, <laughs> but um, but match racing generally is better with slower boats so that you can actually create those scenarios. But then at the same time, the America's Cup has always been the pinnacle of our sport and something that's pushing the boundaries and getting the mainstream involved to get behind particular teams. I'd love to see the nation's rule come back personally. I'd love to see a percentage rule applied so that particular teams have to have certain amount of their crew members actually from that country that they're representing. Okay, okay, yeah. But but I think the CATS was the way to go, and especially the foiling CATS, because... Anybody who is a non-sailor who sees it just goes, wow, that's so cool and, and I think that's what sailing needs. Yeah. So. I, I, I've been so impressed with it's now <laughs> a genuine um, uh, spectator sport, you know, where yeah. they race them, where they conduct these events. You're standing on a, on a wharf uh, that you, yeah. and you, they are racing right in front of you at speed. Absolutely. I was lucky enough to go to... I think seven of the nine America's Cup World Series events over the last few years that have been doing warm-up regattas, so to speak, leading into the America's Cup all around the world. Um, most recently, the final was in uh, Fukuoka in Japan in November. And it's incredible to see all of the local communities coming on board, lining the shores, just standing on jetties or going out on their own boats. I remember a, a satellite image that was taken when the event was in Portsmouth of the spectator crowd around the race area. And you could actually see it from a satellite image. There was so much interest, which Mm. is just fantastic for the sport because I do think that it is, as I said, a sport that can be shared by so many by different levels as well, which is 
Um, you know, uh, and it's a beautiful community as well. I no, love it. Clearly, well, I, clearly I'm passionate yeah, about A little bit biased, <laughs> but yeah, well done. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you go. No doubt. Oh, just the way you've talked, it is exciting. Well done to you, Nick. I mean, yeah, the adventures of a sailor girl, that's what's going to happen on the world stage. You get around to see it and get involved. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Thanks, Nick. Absolutely. Thank you, Wayne.